0: When we actually look into what government impacts our lives the most, it's local government. Few people have understood just how much power our county government has over our lives. It's really important that people take an interest in what's going on in their city government and county board and school board.
1: another episode of Fact Check. My name's Caitlin Riley.
0: And I'm Bill Fien.
1: And this is a topic, Bill, that you brought to my attention that I don't think we can talk about enough, and it's something that excites me for this new episode of Fact Check.
0: It's an interesting topic. Because I'm such a recognizable leader in the Republican Party, people are always approaching me in public and, you know, they want to talk about politics and government. And I'm always struck by the fact that these conversations are almost always focused on what's happening in the federal government. So people are really interested in what the president's doing and what's happening in Congress. You know, the irony of this whole thing is, really local government has the biggest impact on our lives. And I understand why people always want to talk about what's happening at the federal level, because all of the media is focused on what's happening at the national level. So You know, all these programs are national programs, and they're trying to appeal to national audiences. And the consequence of that is that that's what people watch at night, and that's what they're knowledgeable about, that's what they're concerned about. But when we actually look into what government impacts our lives the most, both in terms of taxes and the amount of control they exert over our lives, it's local government that people should really be concerned about. What are we talking about when we talk about local government? Well, we're, we're talking about city governments, county boards, and school boards. What's really fascinating about this is that these bodies tax people at much higher rates than the federal government. What we know is 50% of people don't pay any federal income tax. but when we take a look at what people pay to local governments, according to Business Insider Magazine, the average cost of a home in Wisconsin is about $202,000. So if we have a mill rate of 4%, that amounts to a property tax bill of about $8,000 a year. And now again, consider a lot of people don't even have federal tax liabilities. A little closer to home here, Realtor.com says in the city of La Crosse, the average home is $180,000. So again, at a 4% property tax bill, that's over $7,000 a year that people are paying in taxes. And yet, people aren't aware of what happens in these local governmental bodies, and uh, they don't realize that those are the people who are really taxing them.
1: And one thing too, you know, you mentioned it's the national media that's covering these stories. And also we saw under President Trump's administration, there is even the accessibility on social media that I think a lot of times that we may or may not be seeing locally. In the era of COVID, we saw more live streaming of these meetings, things like that, that maybe increased this accessibility, but... Other than that, I don't know how many of our city council reps, I don't know how many of the people on the school board are actively tweeting what's happening or putting that, shoving that information in front of the face of our local residents.
0: Well, the test that I like to ask people to take is, can you tell me who your representative is in your city government? Can you tell me who your county board representative is? Can you name even one person on your local school board? I'm not trying to embarrass people. Because honestly, before I got involved in politics, I couldn't have answered those questions either. And the way I got involved in politics was living in the city of La Crosse, we got a 20% increase in our property taxes and I was really mad. And you know, I complained about it to my wife and then I promptly forgot all about it. And then two years later, We got an 18% increase in our property taxes. And I said, once again, I complained to my wife, I said, they're gonna tax us out of our house. And that was what prompted me to run for the La Crosse County Board in uh, the spring of uh, 2010. It was this, I guess, outrage over how much my property taxes had gone up in such a short period of time. And so, boy, once I got involved, I started to learn just how much these people are taxing
1: us. And I think we even saw, too, the local controls, especially in the era of the pandemic. You know, you had your federal regulations, you had your state regulations, but then on the county level, our counties could individually decide what was going to happen. Dane County enforced a mask mandate before there was one across Wisconsin. And I know sometimes I'd get in conversations with people here in the building, and they would say, we just need a straight federal rule, that way there's no confusion, and Personally, I always said, well, why is that fair when my home county, Crawford County, is so different than Dane County? Why is it fair to do a sweeping blanket re- restrictions for areas? And we, you know, Bill, you probably know better than I do about how La Crosse County took precautions during the COVID era.
0: That's a, a really good uh, point that you made there. It's not just about how much these people are taxing us, and we'll talk more about how much they're taxing us in a minute but uh, they do exert a tremendous amount of control over our lives. But realistically, we'd much rather have our local government uh, regulating us in terms of our response to COVID than having the state or federal government mandate a one-size-fits-all approach. At one point, there were seven counties in Wisconsin that had not had a single case of COVID-19. Would it make sense to place businesses and people under the same restrictions in those counties that we're placing people under in places like Milwaukee and Madison, urban centers with much more uh, population density and obviously much bigger problems with COVID. To my way of thinking, that doesn't make sense. But this is one of the central tenets of the Republican Party, and that is that government closest to the people is the most effective government. It's most responsive to people. And that's why it's really important that people take an interest in what's going on in their city government and county board and school board, and you know just taking a look at what we're talking about in terms of tax impact. So La Crosse County uh, this year will tax $36 million in property taxes. They'll raise an additional $12 million in the half a percent county sales tax. And because that's not enough, they're going to continue to raise additional things for things like user fees, charges for service, and permits, which will raise millions more. It's a tremendous amount of money that's being taxed. And it's not just the county. The City of La Crosse is gonna levy $34 million in property taxes. La Crosse schools are going to levy another $44 million in property taxes. And Western Technical College is going to levy yet another $5.8 million in property taxes. So obviously people should be really concerned about what's happening at the local level.
1: And do you think a lot of people understand some of the services that these taxes go towards or what they can or cannot utilize from that? Or do you think they just see it as... It came out of my pay stub. I guess it's gone.
0: Well, I can tell you that uh, before I became a La Crosse County supervisor, I couldn't have told you what the city does and what the county does and what their responsibilities are. It's a vast, wide-ranging range of services. So, you know, what's the most important thing that county government does? It provides public safety. So the sheriff's department is under county government. The county court system is under county government. Emergency services are under county government. And those are absolutely vitally important to our community and security. And those should obviously be the most important things. Probably a close second to that is uh, infrastructure. So the county highway system, uh, that's a big problem because we're borrowing 5 to $10 million a year right now to pay for uh, improving our roads. And Never used to be that way. We used to spend that money on a pay-as-you-go basis out of tax receipts. So where's all the money going? Well, the money's going to a whole bunch of unmandated social-type programs, things like drug court and administration of all kinds of new social services.
1: And one area of safety that our county really had to take a new approach on is the safety when it comes down to health and we were talking before about the different ways that our local governments impacted or had a, a force in the response to COVID-19 pandemic. And we saw that in La Crosse County when they were threatening to shut down local businesses, saying if you know outbreaks happen, we may need to implement this power. We saw that with contact tracing. How does that play into the role that government has on us as everyday citizens?
0: Right, well, I think few people have understood just how much power our county government has over our lives and maybe COVID-19 is starting to open people's eyes to this. The problem is people in our county government in March voted to give up their power as our elected representatives to the county administrator and the county health director. I mean, to me, that's just a staggering act of avoiding responsibility Those are the people we're supposed to be able to call to put input into the policies of our county government. So what we have is two unelected bureaucrats that have basically godlike power over people's lives. And they've been using that power. So if you uh, take a look at the policy of uh, contact tracing, you know, they're investing a lot of resources into talking to people who've been diagnosed with COVID and trying to figure out where they've been. Incidentally, there's been some good work done on this by Empower Wisconsin and, and Matt Kittle, uh, published an article about what happened in Lacrosse County government and the plans that they were making about how they were going to have people who would go out and arrest people and incarcerate them as a response to COVID-19. So uh, if you wanna see just how far this could have gone, check out Empower Wisconsin and Matt Kittle's article on the plans that Lacrosse County government was making. But even so, the actions that they've taken have really hurt small businesses. And so the conversation with the county health director might go something like this. Say we've uh, had a report of somebody who was in your business, or maybe it was somebody who worked in your business who's reported positive for COVID-19. So we're going to ask you to either enforce a mask mandate or we're going to ask you to voluntarily close down for two weeks. And so, you know, the business owners, they're hurting as it is right now. The last thing they want to do is close their their business. But the power that the county health director has is they can say, well, you can voluntarily close down your business or you can implement this mask mandate or else we're going to quarantine your employees. And so, you know, that doesn't really give the business owner much recourse because how are you going to run your business without any employees? So... You know, that's a really good example of just how much power the county government has over our lives.
1: And we even look at our locally elected officials, and I know lacrosse is kind of an exemption in Wisconsin in that we don't really have a city manager or administrator. Our mayor embraces all of those rules. But in recent elections, we've had a mayor who's run unopposed in the race and now this year of course mayor cabot has said that he's going to be stepping down and we have multiple people who are stepping forward to take that position but how much power does a mayor and cross have is this something where we should probably have more than one person trying to step up to claim that title
0: you know whether or not we have a city administrator is uh, is a good question many cities and counties have gone to administrators because these people Uh, These are people who have gone to college and gone through a course of study and who are really prepared to know how to manage a government. So that in and of itself isn't a bad thing, that we're hiring people that have been professionally trained to be managers. But when we talk about Mayor Cabot and the power that he exercises, again, as a local official, some people may not be aware that the mayor is responsible for canceling the President of the United States, Donald Trump's a visit to our city. He was on WIZM with Rick Solem. He spoke about this and he instructed the city attorney to speak to the people at Colgan Air. He told them that he did not believe that the presidential visit was allowed under the terms of their lease. And if they did not choose to cancel the event, he was threatening them with the eviction because the Lacrosse Airport is owned by the city of Lacrosse. They are the landlord. And this happens despite the fact that there's a clear history of many presidential candidates over many years uh, having done the same thing. So, you know, it's yet another example of just how much power some of these local officials actually can wield.
1: And when we, as you talked about, we look a lot at our federal elections and we look at the map as far as which counties voted which way, it seems oftentimes there's a lot of land base that's red, but then a lot of these high dense population areas or larger cities are often blue. And is there a rhyme or reason for that? Is there some sort of formula that usually points to larger cities going Democrat?
0: Yeah, well, the reason for that is really fascinating. So first of all, if we look at the third congressional district, which has all or part of 18 counties. Only three counties were blue. That was Portage, Eau Claire, and La Crosse. All the other counties were bright red, and those three counties were bright blue. And so, you know, it begs the question well, why is that? Well, the one thing that all of these places have in common is that they're run by government union employees who are earning their living off of our tax dollars, and these people vote overwhelmingly for Democrats who make sure they're provided with great pay and benefits. These government employees are working for the city, the county, the state, and in federal offices in these urban centers. And in addition to those people, we have all the K through 12 teachers and here in La Crosse there's about 200 people that work in the school district's administrative center. In addition to that, we have all the people that work at the colleges, UWL and Western Technical College, all the people that work there, as well as the professors and the administration of those colleges. Is If that's not enough, then you also have people who work in government-run enterprises like the La Crosse Center. These government employees understand that the Democrat Party is the one that's looking out for their interests, and they're a formidable block of voters in spring elections. It's not just that we have all of these government employees in these counties that we talked about, but in addition to the county employees, we have many, many people who are dependent upon the government. Most of the government welfare programs are administered out of the county government center. So, programs like Badger Care, Food Share, which used to be called food stamps, subsidized housing, the list of programs goes on and on. It's super easy for those people to have access to those programs when they live in a city because they don't have far to go, and the place that administers those benefits is, is not very far away. So again, these are people who are really driven to vote for Democrats, and especially in these spring elections.
1: And when we look at the spring elections, do we know what our Breakdown is when it comes to voter turnout, but also how the spring elections typically go in the ways of Republican versus Democrat
0: That's a very interesting topic that we're going to dive into in some detail here. The fact is that Democrats turn out overwhelmingly in spring elections and Republican voters to a much lesser extent in fact It usually runs, in La Crosse County, about two to one Democrats to Republicans showing up in those spring elections. And again, these are the elections where we're electing our people to city government, to county government, and to school boards. So the people that are in these government employee unions, they clearly understand that the results of these elections directly impact their wages and benefits. So they're highly motivated, not only to just get out and vote, but to work on these campaigns. In fact, it's interesting. We had somebody, a teacher, a retired teacher at our door who was collecting signatures for the uh, state superintendent of schools race. This is a retired teacher who's actively out working to collect signatures to help their Democrat state candidate for public instruction get on the ballot. The numbers are, are kind of striking because in general, turnout in the spring elections is much lower than it is in November. So in November, we were close to 89% turnout in La Crosse County. What's interesting about that is, if we take a look at what the results were in terms of Republican turnout versus Democrat turnout, what we see is that Donald Trump got about 42.5% of the vote, while Joe Biden got just under 56% of the vote. But that vote total for Biden was a 13% drop from the spring election, where the electorate was made up of 69% Democrats, and they were going to the polls to vote for their preference in the presidential primary. We can take a look at, at voter turnout, which has actually been rising in these spring elections, but the turnout in this election in April was 42.5%, which is actually a very high turnout. And of that turnout, about 68% of the people voted Democrat and about 31% of the people voted Republican. So there's that better than two to one ratio. You know, we can see that, wow, that's a big discrepancy from what happened in the fall when there was 90% turnout, Republicans went to the polls. We go from 31% up to 42%, for Donald Trump and the top vote-getter in that election was Dan Kapanke. He got 46% of the vote. Looking back at turnout over the previous years, as I said, it's been rising, but it was 32% two years ago, it was 28% the year before that, and in 2017, turnout was 20% of registered voters in April. Something happened in April of 2017 that's very interesting. Tony Evers was running for re-election as DPI secretary, the the head of uh, schooling in Wisconsin. He got 78.5% of the vote in La Crosse County, and the Republican challenger got 21%. I think that really shows you just how involved the people that are in these uh, teachers unions and the education area, how much they realize the importance of those spring elections. So those are some interesting numbers that really show that bottom line, Republicans need to vote in April if they wish to see lower property taxes.
1: I do have to ask as well, does the way that the ballots are organized in the spring versus the November election, do you think have any impact on this way? Do you think that there might be more people in November who can choose to vote between parties, and separate candidates, versus in the spring where it's one party or another?
0: Well, the interesting thing about the spring elections is, they're generally nonpartisan offices. There's not an R or a D in front of the person's name. We say that they're nonpartisan. that's only because they're not identified with a political party. The truth is that the Democrat party plays in a very big way in these elections and they've got built-in advantages. Because their supporters are so heavily unionized, it's super easy for them to send out a mailer because they have a list of all these people or to send out an email, or to make phone calls to activate those people to get out and do things like collect signatures or knock on doors with literature and to say to their, their neighbor, hey, I know John Doe, and he's running to be a lacrosse County supervisor. Or he's running for school board, and he's a really nice guy, and you should vote for him. Yeah, I'm sure that John Doe's a really nice guy, but make no mistake, these people are out there because they have a really vested interest in the outcome of these spring elections.
1: And so before we end this episode of Fact Check Bill, what can people do coming up into this April election to make sure that they're educated, they get involved, and they vote?
0: Well, the first thing I would say is uh, people need to be involved in their political parties. Whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, you need to be involved with the local party That's where you can meet people that uh, are involved in these races. Uh, We need volunteers to go out and knock on doors and distribute literature and make phone calls. Those are all the things that help people get elected. So uh, getting involved with your political party is the first step to really understanding what's going on and, and making an impact. A good resource to start with would be the La Crosse County government's website. Go to the county clerk's page. Uh, In addition to that, myvotewisconsin.gov is another excellent resource. You can go in there, type in your address, it'll tell you which ward you live in. So for instance, if we don't have county board races right now, but if you go into your city page, you can see which representatives represent which wards, and you can learn which ward you live in by going to myvotewisconsin.gov, type in your address, it'll tell you uh, where you live and what office you can run for, maybe more importantly, which candidates you should support, and uh, who you'll be voting for in April.
1: Well, thank you so much for that, Bill, giving us an inside look at the government closest to the people. And with back Check, I'm Caitlin Riley.
0: And I'm Bill